Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. Hey, welcome back. This is Modern Business Podcast, and I am your solo host for the day, Ryan Hicks. It's good to be back on the wires. We've been publishing a ton of content lately um, and you know, exploring everything from how this pandemic is affecting brands, how uh, leaders are kind of overcoming. And there, there, was a, there was a quote that uh, I heard recently. It was on uh, it was on one of the one of the panels. I think it was Gary Gary Finley's mention. He said, "Nervous captains create nervous crews." And we're talking about how you know leading through this time is a is a really tough thing to navigate. And so we've been exploring a lot of that. As uh, many of you have been listening to the podcast, talking about technology and really just hearing lessons from leaders and uh, talking about how we get business growing again. So thank you so much for joining. I was actually connected to today's guest by a friend in the industry, and uh, we always appreciate folks reaching out or suggesting entrepreneurs with great stories and great leadership and all the rest. And uh, that leads me into one quick announcement that we've kind of been beaten like a drumbeat, which is we have a text community. Uh, You can join that and chat directly with myself and Zach. Uh, Justin Mink also hosts a segment on the podcast called The Nexus, which I'm sure many of you have heard some of his great content. So you can reach out directly to us there, uh, voxy.com forward slash modern business. That's V-O-X-I-E dot com forward slash M-O-D-R-N business. Connect with us there and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So um, by way of introduction, very shortly, because we're we're going to get into uh, uh, some of his backstory and, and learn a lot about him. Uh, but today we have the, the CEO of, of Frios Gourmet Pops on the podcast. Uh, they are the, the nation's largest ice pops franchise. Uh, so Cliff Kennedy, man, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ron. Really appreciate it and look forward to the discussion. As do I. And uh, I, first, first and foremost, I have to apologize. I did before we hit record, but I'd have to apologize uh, in the fact that I had to reschedule due to some personal stuff and tons of, of travels and a bunch of different stuff going on. But we're, we're here and we made it. And I'm super excited to have this chat with you. So thank you for the patience on that. And uh, it's, it's good to have you on the show. But um, what I'd love to do is just start off and hear a little bit about your career journey and what brought you into the franchise world. What's your what's your backstory? Yeah, so it's a fun story, I believe. And I, I grew up in an entrepreneurship family. My grandfather started our family business out of the back of his car. Um, and so I was always growing up being in the family business, which was selling equipment to the oil and gas world. And then when Katrina hit, uh, my mom, who then owned the company because of my grandfather's passing, they asked me to withdraw from business school because the business was growing and really needed help. Um, so I withdrew from business school at that point. Um, and then for the next 13 years, uh, I led sales with them. And then I was always just looking for the new thing. I had my grandfather's blood in me. I wanted to control my own destiny and, and do my thing. And, and I loved the family business. Uh, but it was just something I needed to do for myself and I didn't want to have a regret later in life. So 
always looking for the side hustle. And then every day I'd get stuck in traffic at the bottom of Old Shell Road um, here in Mobile. And I see this Frios truck every day. And I finally decided to stop. I tried it. The first pop was Key Lime Pie. And I just knew I had to be a part of this company. The product was absolutely amazing. I will never forget that experience that I've had that day because it led me on the journey to where I am now. And uh, so lo and behold, a couple months later, through negotiations uh, of the current franchisee for Frios, I bought her out. Uh, and that was May 1st of 2018. And then just, I just knew there was something more to this company. I didn't like the way it was being run um, and just lack of support. And I just knew it could be so much bigger and better. Um, so then in August of 2018, I reached out to the owners that I'd like to buy the company. Um, and so we started negotiations. And then with the help of a strong group of investors, December 21st of 2018, I took over uh, of Frio. So it was a, a quick trip from franchisee to franchisor. But um, I just knew that there was something great about this company and I wanted to be a part of it. And this was my chance to really uh, start my personal entrepreneurship journey. I love it, man. That's that's an awesome that's an awesome story, and I like that you pinpoint that kind of inception moment. That's that's really neat there in Mobile, Alabama. And speaking of Mobile, you recently had a storm hit pretty close, pretty <laughs> close to home. How, how, as we're recording this, I know some people might listen to this in the future, but how how is everything on the home front? Is everything good? Yeah, so it's a little bit more the storm. It was a, it was a pretty sizable hurricane uh, in Mobile. We I say we got lucky. Uh, look, there's still devastation. I have several friends that have trees in their homes and crushed cars. Um, but it's kind of more towards the east um, where the mm -hmm. beach is and everything. It's complete devastation. It's very sad. I know a lot of people over there as well. Um, so it's just hit and miss over here in Mobile. But it's still a very sad story um, in the general area. So it's a lot of rebuilding right now. Um, Everyone is out of power right now, but they're working hard to rebuild. Yeah, well, good to, good to hear that and also bad to hear that at the same time in terms yeah. of some of the devastation hitting. But what, So what is the footprint of the brand today? You mentioned that you took over the helm of, of the company back in 2018. What is uh, What does the footprint look like? And, and between uh, then and now, we've obviously had a pandemic, but overall what has the trajectory of the company looked like? Yeah. So I've put together a very strong team uh, to help me grow this brand and put all the pieces to play. Um, and so we've been growing steadily throughout uh, last year and this year it's been very strong for us and we're looking forward. Um, you know, we're going into our franchise sales season so everyone can get ready for spring coming into next year. So it, uh, we're all the way as far west as Arizona, all the way over to the East Coast right now, uh, all the way as far, all the way to Hilton Head. Um, so we're very excited about it. We've now signed on. Uh, I think we're signing up another one today, actually. I just got on the phone with a new franchisee, so we're excited to have them come on board. So I think we'll be right around 39 locations after we sign on these last two um, this week. So we're excited about it, and we're steadily growing. Uh, and we think we firmly can believe, or we firmly believe, that we can hit 50 by end of year. So we're excited about it. Nice. Well, that's very impressive given the kind of the environment. And obviously the pandemic has created a lot of headwinds for, for businesses everywhere. But talk a little bit about going through that and navigating that and leading through 
COVID-19. How have the past five or six or so months been for you? Yeah, so I've, I've been on a personal journey of really like studying stoicism and what Ron Holiday has been putting out in his books and just Marcus Aurelius and all of the great. Um, and so I just wasn't going to allow me and my company to get down on COVID and allow it to affect us. We cannot control COVID is what I've been telling everyone, but we control how we react to it. And so we figured out a new solution. We figured out instead of customers coming to us, we had to mobilize and go to them. So with our mobile food carts and trailers, and some of us have vans, we started going to the communities and we realized like, this is it. This, we have to go to our people. The world is changing. Brick and mortar will be different moving forward, but we have a pre-packaged product. Um, so we don't touch it or anything. So we really feel like we, COVID was great for us. Uh, we have a lot of franchisees that picked up sales uh, going through the homeowners associations and different uh, variations of going to neighborhoods and apartment complexes. So it was a great transition for us. And from all of that, we have now transitioned to a mobile franchise system. We now have our first van uh, is off the line. We have four more that are going to be coming out next week. Um, and we have more orders. So every time a franchisee signs on, they get a van. Uh, it's custom wrapped, bright tie-dye. It's great with LED lights and everything. So we really use it as um, an opportunity for us to transition our company and to come out much stronger. Nice, nice. I imagine when you're rolling that that tie-dye truck with the LED lights around, it gets uh, it gets eyeballs. But from a marketing perspective, is there anything that you're doing or guiding franchisees to do to help get the word out and tactically kind of through COVID and I guess pre pre COVID as well? But is there tactically anything that sticks out from a marketing perspective that you're able to execute on to help uh, help franchisees? Uh, continue to do well throughout this pandemic? Yeah, so it's twofold. And, you know, some of them have started to really use online platforms of Shopify uh, and the other various point of sale systems where they can do an online store where they're doing porch pickups and porch pops. Uh, there's various names that they're all using to go and make deliveries. Uh, but it's mm -hmm. also been that since we're a mobile franchise system, the ice cream man has been around for God knows how long, but yeah. they never announced where they're going. So what we really found out that if we made the announcement of, hey, we're coming to this neighborhood tomorrow at five o'clock, people were prepared for us to be there and our sales went up dramatically. Um, so that was just a simple thing that we utilized and made announcements of, hey, here's our schedule. Here's where we're going to be. Um, it was a huge asset for us to do that. Yeah, and I would imagine you use social media and, and other means to, to be able to do that and target those neighborhoods to get the word out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we realized that the community wanted to support each other and support small businesses during this time. Um, and we would get pictures back of kids would fill up their sidewalks with sidewalk chalk saying, thank you, Frios, and putting our logo on their driveway. And they would nice. write us notes saying, thank you so much. And you would, we would get messages in our inbox saying, where are you? I've got a, a three-year-old that is crying because you're not here yet. We're like, well, we're backed up. And it was just amazing to see. And we did it all socially distanced and it really was great. 
Um, and so we just, we don't sell tops. We sell happiness. We sell an experience and what it makes you feel. And so that's kind of where we differentiate ourselves that we really don't talk about the product so much. We talk about making you feel like a kid again, just let go of the stress of what all's going on in the world with COVID or be it a hurricane right now. Like it's hard not to smile and have a popsicle. I say that is. A, I was sitting here typing out a note for something I wanted to ask, and that made me laugh because it's very true. It's extremely <laughs> true. Um, it's hard not to smile and eat a popsicle, or to not smile and eat a popsicle. But uh, one thing I want to ask: so you mentioned in 2018 you became a franchisee, and then very quickly you. Uh, were inspired to, to, to become the franchisor and to buy the brand and to, to take it to the next level of growth. Did you have any exposure to franchising prior to that? And then my follow-up question is, did you lean on any either mentors or uh, resources to help you uh, kind of transition and to be able to go be successful in your execution of, of becoming a, a newly minted franchisor? Yeah. So the first part is no, I've never been a part of franchising, had no idea what to expect. Um, and so I was just constantly soaking up as much information as I could, reading as much about franchising, listening to podcasts, uh, just seeing what I was getting myself into. And so quickly as I became a franchisee, um, I was looking for that level of support that I wasn't getting uh, and the structure. And so that was just kind of something I knew that should be available to the franchise system that wasn't there. Um, and then as I raised money through outside investors to help me buy the company, uh, I definitely looked for strategic investors, people that have been involved in this industry before that could really help me cut to the head of the line or say, don't do this or, or do that. So I wouldn't make as many mistakes because I've definitely made a, several of them along the way. Um, but I think that's something very important. And that's how I built around this company is that I knew it was not going to be about me. It was going to be about putting the right people uh, to do the right job. And so from my COO, Jeff, who sits 10 feet away from me every single day, he is the complete opposite. Uh, and it's a perfect marriage. And even going to Allison Groom, uh, she was a franchisee, or she still is. She was the first ever franchisee that I helped bring on to Frios. Uh, and she's done an amazing job. And she's now our franchise director. And she's doing an amazing job for us. And so, yeah, I, I surround myself with people that have passion about the company. Um, and have also been in franchising and business growth in general to help me. Love it. Love it. You, you kind of talked briefly, but I just want to kind of looking at your franchise opportunity, uh, I was going to ask you why gourmet pops? Cause obviously there's, there's a, you've kind of already spoke to it, but there's the kind of the category question. And then when you get down into, you know, how does, how does your brand differentiate from the others in the space? I don't really know of a ton of, of, of brands in your category and you are the, the, the largest franchise gourmet pops brand um, but why gourmet pops and what is it that differentiates you other than being really I, I don't know if i would say first to market because i don't know the space well enough but how how would you say you differentiate yeah so in the gourmet pop category um there isn't any or many of the people that do uh, a franchising system like us um there's a lot of mom and pops that are dotted around the country that 
they buy one little small machine and they can make, you know, a hundred pops or a couple hundred pops a day. Uh, there's a couple of larger ones that can scale a little bit, but on the scale we are with gourmet pops, um, and being in the franchise space, I don't think there's anyone quite scaled as much as we are in franchising. Um, and so that's our competitor. We, you know, we have the competitor on a localized level, uh, but no one on a national level like we have. And then uh, why Gourmet Pops right now moving into franchising is because I go back to the world is going to be different coming out of COVID. Um, and so Back. for us selling a pre-packaged product, I think that sets us up for success. And especially that we're a mobile franchise system. Like I said, the ice cream man has been around for a very long time. We're just a better for you option. So we don't have all the preservatives and the dyes and everything in our pops. We're very clean and simple. Um, and so we're that alternative to, hey, look, you know, maybe I don't want my kid eating that. Um, but when we come through, we have an option for everyone. Yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, on the topic of, of franchise development, you mentioned that uh, this is kind of going into franchise development season for you. Obviously, the pandemic has changed how physical in-person discovery days, or if you call it discovery days or whatever your terminology is, um, obviously that's changed a few things because you can't really meet in person. Uh, have you have you been doing any type of virtual types of, of discovery days and have you been focused on franchise development or is that something that you're about to go put the foot the pedal to the metal on? Because I think a lot of people, especially these independents that are obviously struggling, I would presume, um, but there's a lot of folks out there that have you know, been in corporate America, they've got some money saved up and they may not want to work for the man. They may want to take control of their own destiny. And I believe along with most others in franchising that we're going to see a pretty big, a pretty big boom as we come out of this in terms of the, the growth of franchising in general across all categories. But what is, uh, what is, what does franchise development look for look like for you? And uh, what's kind of the future outlook there? Yeah, so we with this new model, uh, it's been live maybe now for two or three months. Um, it's still, we have very strong organic growth. I, I mean, it's almost mm. 80% of our franchisees come from, oh my goodness, I had your pop at uh, Keller, Texas, or Hilton Head was the, one of the most recent ones. They're like, I just I have to be a part of this company. And I, it's crazy because that's how I felt when I first tried my first pop in. That speaks for us putting a great product out there and then people want to become a part of our company. Um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're very lucky that we do get a lot of organic growth, but as we want to scale, we are going more into targeted, very, very targeted ads on LinkedIn, obviously Instagram. We have been getting uh, published in sub magazines about our growth. Um, and being in the frozen novelty category. So that's helped out a little bit. So we're really trying to fine tune our campaign going into our mobile franchise system, going into Q4. Um, and so, yeah, I think over the next couple of weeks, we'll get it really dialed in. But right now, uh, we've got a lot in the pipeline just through organic growth. Love it. I, I, you mentioned Keller, Texas, and that's probably uh, 25 or 30 minutes away from me as I look at the highway here that runs by me would take me straight there. I have to ask you, cause I'm going to pop in and I'm going to, I'm going to try some of these treats. 
But uh, what what flavor should I get? Do you have a favorite flavor? Yeah. Everyone asks that, but you just got to get one and go for it because they're all my favorite, right? I have to say that. Uh, <laughs> but right now, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge coffee drinker. So right now our cold brew pop gets me through my afternoon. So it's a daily oh, thing nice. for me. It, it's great. But, yes, yeah, so we've got Keller. we got Denton. we got Alito. we got McKinney. We've got Dallas now. We've, we've got Waxahachie. we got a lot of Brios locations around you there. Nice. Well, I'm in Dallas, so maybe I'll look up that one and <laughs> instead of driving out to Keller. But how's the product? So do the franchisees freeze their own product or how, how does that work in terms of, of loading up that cart to go out for the day or the truck? Um, and, and I would presume, do you, do you also have brick and mortar locations? Obviously, it started with that, but the, the focus is likely, it sounds like, on the, on the mobile footprint now. Um, but will, will will they have like a commissary and area where they would prepare? And is that your model? Yeah. So we ship it to them out of Mobile uh, on dry ice. We ship it to them. So again, it goes back. They mm. never have to touch it. They're not making anything. Um, and then they have their commissary or if they have their brick and mortar location, they have their freezers inside their location. Um, and then if they do an event for a corporate event or a school event, they load up their mobile cards or they load up their Frios van and, and go sell. It's a very, very simple system. That's the beauty of it. There's not a lot to learn. You, you're selling happiness for a living. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned LinkedIn. You and I were having a chat about the, the power of LinkedIn. And uh, I mean, you, you had mentioned you've, you've connected with people, made meaningful connections through LinkedIn. And you mentioned that through some of the ad efforts um, it kind of takes my mind down two different tracks. One, I just love to hear your thoughts on LinkedIn. There's still, it, it blows my mind, but there's a ton of people out there that aren't active on social, really don't monitor and look at social, especially what I would call kind of like more of the old guard in the franchise world. Some are more proactive than others, but LinkedIn is a super powerful platform to be able to, connect with people, put your message out from both a personal level and a brand level. And obviously a lot of, uh, I'm by no means even near active enough on LinkedIn myself, but I, I definitely do my best in, in the midst of my crazy days. But just speak to, speak to that for a second. And then secondly, if you want to get into kind of on um, some of your experience in running LinkedIn ads, I think the stigma is that LinkedIn ads are really expensive. Um, however, done right, your cost per lead can actually be quite impressive. And it's a really effective way to go target. So you could actually spend more money to acquire a lead, whether that's, you know, some folks listening are in the B2B services space or B2B space and, uh, you know, others, others are not. But just speak in general to LinkedIn and some of your thoughts and experiences there. Yeah. Uh, you know, this goes for either a franchisor that may be listening or a franchisee. You can utilize LinkedIn to be your most powerful asset you have uh, to grow your business. I firmly believe that. And paying the, the fee, whatever it is, to, to take it up another level so you can have that data is so powerful. Um, I've been using it well over a year now and, and really studied it on, on how to utilize all the different tools that it has. Uh, and going to the ads, I just believe there's a different type of 
user that goes to LinkedIn rather than putting a lead out on Instagram or Facebook or one of the other social media platforms. I think it's more of a business mindset. And so if you can tailor that message to people that are in the COVID world, that have lost their job due to the economy, that are looking to control their own destiny, they're out there right now. And that is a prime resource to put that ad and target them on LinkedIn compared to all the other social media platforms. So right now, I think um, franchising ads on LinkedIn are way, they might be more expensive, but your uh, ROI is much greater. I mean, we put out an ad recently. We got seven leads in, I think, two days, and we're already in negotiations with one of them for a territory. So it looks like we're going to close the deal. So it's already paid for itself tenfold by just signing up one territory. Um, and then just finding your leads out there. It is so easy to type in uh, if you're a franchisee and you're trying to get to a certain company. All, you can get past the gatekeepers and go directly to the person you're trying to contact to see if you can get a business for them or find the right person's name. So when you do call, you have someone to ask for. Um, as a franchisor, I have, you know, so I'm at, let's say, 40 locations right now. So I want to go to 400. So all I've been doing is finding the franchisors that have 400 locations and picking their brains for, hey, how did you scale from 40 to 100 to 100 to 400? Um, and it's been a great community of willing to help me. And so I try to pay it back where I recently got off a phone call with a lady in Miami. She's trying to scale her company. And she's only got two locations. So I said, hey, this is what the company's trying to do from 10 locations to, to 30 to 40 locations. So it is a tremendous asset that everyone should use. And you can utilize it to, to build your network of like-minded individuals that are either trying to grow as a franchisor or grow your business as a franchisee. And so uh, we're going to be putting out a training seminar pretty quick. I think in the next two weeks, I think we're launching it for all of our franchisees and showing them how to utilize LinkedIn uh, and not be intimidated, which a lot of people are. I think what you just said is so powerful and I couldn't agree more. And I, I think a lot of people in the audience will find value in that because it's something that's not really talked about, especially as we're going through some wild times in the world, but I couldn't agree more. And if you look at the, if you, if you look at all the different platforms, you look at Facebook, for example, back in 2010, 2012, inching into 2013 and 14, it was a platform that still had some really strong organic reach. And that obviously changed whenever they really rolled out and scaled up their, their ads platform and went public. And thus they began to start monetizing their, you know, the, the data that they collect on people. And, and thus the organic reach went way down. I mean, organic reach can look like one, two, three, four percent. So if you make what that means is if you if you write a post and share a press release or you share personal information or whatever it is as a as a business as a for a business page, your the organic reach is significantly lower than it is on personal pages. So there's a huge opportunity for brands to there there are tools out there that can help you tap into that to a get much better reach on your posts by encouraging uh, customer advocacy and things of that nature. And, and then Instagram, a lot of the same thing has happened. They basically want you to pay to play to get those eyeballs, the, the organic, quote unquote, non-paid 
eyeballs on your content that you're putting out. And then if you look at LinkedIn, where LinkedIn as is today, it has significantly higher organic reach. That'll change over time, but it has significant. And then your strategy, your content strategy for what you put out, how you put it out, when you put it out should also alter with that. So there's ways on Facebook side, there's ways to augment that through the right type of local engaging content and boosting that content and all of that. So you can still leverage that as a very powerful tool, but LinkedIn is not only connecting like you were talking about. So I imagine in your business, you can connect with folks and sell the product, you know, connect with groups that can bulk buy your product and all the rest and use it as a mentoring tool and personally reaching out to people. The whole other element is that you can put content out there and people can actually see it there and you get good engagement. So I think everything that you said is is super spot on and it's, it's really powerful. Um, and I'm glad we talked about it. But uh, so I just realized I just went on a big, long rant. I probably shouldn't have, but no, I'm I passionate about this topic. This is great content for me. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's true. And, and that's kind of the area of business where my expertise and focus is on as, as a supplier. And so I get a little fired up about it. But you mentioned earlier, you mentioned that, you know, at the very beginning of this call is that you're, you're not going to let this pandemic control you or, or affect, uh, you know, the, you know, the mindset that you have and, and that it is what it is. And you just basically go out there and make things happen. But what do you do to, for lack of a better phrase, keep on keeping on, uh, you know, maintain sanity in the midst of a, of a wild time, as I'm sure franchisees are wanting help, guidance and support, and nobody has all of the answers. But how do you personally balancing the business and personal life and everything in between? How do you uh, how do you maintain order in in this world and keep a positive mindset? Well, first and foremost, my, uh, you know, my mindset starts every day when I wake up and it's 430 every day. Uh, get all my thoughts out in my journal and I go exercise. That's my me time before my, my day gets going. Um, and it just gives me clarity of mind, gets my thoughts going, uh, fire off some emails after that, whatever. But for me, I just have this mindset that if I can't control it, why am I going to get upset about it? We, we all get upset about things we, that we're, once they come out, it's no point in us being upset about it. And it works itself out. So there was no reason for me or my team or anyone to really get upset about COVID. There was an opportunity for us to make it better. And we did. It's how we react to things um, is what makes us better people. And so I'm just a firm believer in that. Uh, that I mean, I, can't, I couldn't stop COVID. I still can't to this day. So why am I going to let it beat me down? Um, so I use this adversity as a great opportunity to transition our company um and stay positive and that's my goal and or you know that i hope to bring out to all of my franchisees is that um at the end of the day my name's at the top of the the letterhead i'm going to work harder than anyone else to support my franchisees and, and push them to be successful whatever their idea of success is i love it man love the mindset I mean, just, love the routine and it's just, yeah i'm sorry it's just something that i always say and i'll I have this, I mean, it's this, you can leave life right now, let that control your action, thoughts, and words. And that's a, life is not a dress rehearsal. So um, we get one shot at this. So my company represents happiness. And so 
and it's not cliche, but that's just what I am. I've, I've got to be a positive mindset. I love it, man. That's, that's awesome. So for the folks listening in the audience that vibe with what you're saying and they want to connect with you, how do they get in contact with you? Look, they can connect with me personally. It's Cliff, C-L-I-F-F, at FriosPops.com, F-R-I-O-S-P-O-P-S.com. That's my personal email. Um, I love to connect with a franchisee or franchisor, and if I can help them, uh, I'd love to in any way, shape, or form. I think this is a great community. I'm so happy to be a part of the, the franchising community um, and excited to tell you know hear other people's stories as well. I love it. Well, I look forward to connecting with you again next week as we're recording this. This is before Springboard. I think you're going to be attending the virtual Springboard reboot event, uh, Springboard event for emerging franchisors. So, Cliff, I look forward to connecting with you then. And uh, we appreciate your time here on the podcast. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you wish I did or any final words? No, that's it. If anybody's got questions, they can uh, email me or just go to friosfranchise.com and all of our information is there. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Cliff. We'll be talking soon, man. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. All the best.